Good morning. Today we have a very special episode. Today's episode is actually our very first collaboration episode. Yes, yes, yes. We are collaborating with the brilliant folks over at That Tech Pod. On this episode, I joined the That Tech Pod hosts, Lauren Milstein and Kevin Albert, for a discussion on ooh, spooky stories of cybersecurity. Yes, this is a cybersecurity-centric episode. And I also want to give you all a trigger warning or a content warning. Cybersecurity has real impacts on the lives of people in the world. And in this case, for this episode, we do discuss how ransomware caused the death of two people. So if you don't want to hear that, make sure to either skip this episode or check out our show notes where we are going to put the timestamps for each of the stories that we provide so that you could just skip those stories if you choose to. In all other aspects, the episode is heavily focused on comedy and unfortunately also Maria, my brilliant, wonderful, amazing, beautiful, fantastic, spunkalicious co-host could not be on this episode due to work travel, but she'll be on next episode. So enjoy and see you soon. Okay, so as we all know, it's Halloween, so I'm pretty excited. I'm bread. I'm a piece of bread. Nice. Just want want everyone to know. Um, Are you a sandwich or just bread? No, just a slice. You want a slice? Yeah. What type of bread? bread? Depends. I shift. Sometimes I even become toast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about being uh, bread this year. I'm hoping to find my other half. Nice. I got my whole Bob Ross painting thing here going. That's pretty good. You're a pretty good Bob Ross. Thanks. Yeah. I tried, it's hard to find costumes that like incorporate the beard because I don't really want to like shave my beard. And so I was trying to call mm. the people who have beards, you know. And Did fun. either of you see the movie, the Bob Ross movie that came out? No, there's a Bob Ross movie. Yeah, with Owen Wilson. I haven't seen it. I heard it was really bad, but like I kind of still want to see it. No, I, I didn't even know it existed. That's funny. I Is feel like that's a good movie? reason. Is Owen to... Wilson, Bob Ross. Yeah. 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 He's Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I know. So you weren't the first, Kevin. Uh, Gianna, what are you going to be for Halloween since you embarrassed us by putting us in these costumes and then not doing it? Well, first, I want to say also, you know, Kevin, that I also love your Bob Ross costume because I didn't get a chance to chime in and say that. And if you wanted to be bread, if you left the beard on, you could have been mold, moldy bread. That's a good oh. point. That's true. I like it. Yeah. We can train that. <laughs> I wouldn't and be a good Bob Ross. I haven't. <laughs> paint. I know Halloween is like tomorrow, but I haven't decided on my costume. I'm either going to be a cow and my husband's going to be cheese or I'm going to be moth and he's going to be a lamp. And those are totally Ooh. sincere. That's options. so good. You are wearing the colors. You're wearing the Halloween colors. Yeah, I'm yeah. wearing a black shirt with squirrels on it. I have a friend. She's going to be a loofah. And I was like, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get scary. Let's scare everyone. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm just trying to enjoy my Halloween and these these freaks out here. Yeah, it's Halloween. This is the time to be a freak. I also, before we actually get into it, I have a real statement for everyone. And, And I feel this very, very deep in my heart. I'm not a killer, mostly just because like I'm pretty little. I would do a really bad job. I would easily get caught. And like, I just have no desire to do that. Like, just no. But if I was to kill, no, it's just true. (laughs) But if I was to kill, I would kill on Halloween. 
Like, if you're a murderer, Halloween is the prime day to murder someone. I mean, who did it? It was the ghost. (laughs) It was the bread. You know, like... (laughs) It's like that's that's the day. So I, I actually think people should be a little scared of Halloween because it's it's the murder day, in my opinion. One of my uh, favorite things was when, when my wife and I lived in New York on Halloween. It was always kind of hard to tell who was dressed up and who was just in their regular gear that was like <laughs> all just sort of slutty and fancy. And so we basically spend the time playing: is that a costume or is that their just regular dress? <laughs> slutty and fancy. Yeah. That <laughs> I've been in Portland, Oregon for a bit, and I like to play a game that says, is it Halloween or is it Portland? Because there's a <laughs> lot of costumes all the time here. So it's a little different. Also, fun fact, shout out to my parents. Their anniversary is Halloween. I'm not kidding. Do they listen to this podcast? I hope not. My mom does. She sends me notes. She'll That's just so text nice. me and be like, you didn't enunciate at this point. And, you know, you slouch a lot. Things like that. Things that help me yeah. improve. Well, since this podcast is on both of our podcasts, my mom will probably listen to yours, but she probably won't listen to mine because, I mean, who wants to listen to that tech pod if you're listening? I'm like, why? Just kidding. Keep listening. But why? <laughs> and now for another content tip from our partner, Content Workshop, David. What do you say to people who think that storytelling in cybersecurity is too hard to do? I tell them that storytelling is industry agnostic. Humans are biologically hardwired to think, remember, and relate in the form of story. It's why we're able to binge a new show for eight hours a night. It's also why the best commercials don't feel like commercials. A good story, they say in advertising, is truth well told. No matter your industry, service, or product, there are endless ways to tell your story. All you need is a hero, a goal, and an obstacle. And we help cybersecurity companies achieve that. Thanks, David. Learn more about Content Workshop storytelling services for cybersecurity companies at contentworkshop.com. So we want to talk about some scary stories today. Let's let's get weird. Let's creep everyone out. So Gianna, I heard you have a scary story. What's up? I do. I do. So we were putting together scary cybersecurity stories. Yay. So my first story, which is highly likely to also be y'all's story, is about death caused by ransomware. It's actually sad. It's like well, it those are tears. Those yeah. are tears. So, yeah. oh yeah, my your tears make that sound. That yeah. I think yeah. that makes sense. All right, so this one. So there's there's two really famous death IT ransomware stories, and I'm gonna pick the one that is less. You know, they're both really sad, but one that is less close to home here in the U.S. because there was a death at an Alabama based medical facility because of a ransomware attack. I'm going to take us all on a trip to Germany, to Dusseldorf, I think. And we're going to talk about a ransomware attack on a hospital that caused a death because an ambulance had to be rerouted by an hour. And the person in that ambulance, unfortunately, died. So it's really sad. Yeah. Break it down. So so somebody called 911 an ambulance comes why did they call 911 like what happened to them i don't know they don't go into that detail <laughs> in the news articles i read i sourced this information from a couple of places um healthcare okay. IT news. so a mystery call is made yeah. 
yes. to 911. The yes. ambulance comes. Somebody's clearly like needs help. They put him in the ambulance and then the ambulance is like, psych, we're just going on a joyride to your death. That is horrible. Exactly. It's pretty sad. So basically what happened was there was an attack on like a duffel door. Duffel Wait, door. you don't speak German? Sprechen in Deutsch? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> a Dusseldorf-based hospital associated with the university there. And there was basically a ransomware attack on September 10th, 2020, which is an unfortunate time also because that was during the pandemic, everybody, like pretty hardcore in the pandemic. There was a lot of deaths happening, a lot of emergencies. And so this ransomware attack happened and basically 30 servers were encrypted on at this hospital. And there was a message addressed to the university attached to the hospital, right? Henrik Hein University to contact the attackers and discuss ransom. So instead they called the police and the police said that no, like we're not going to pay the ransom. And also, hey, you hadn't hit the university, you hit the hospital and now lives are in danger, right? I like literally got chills saying that, but they didn't repent or recant that attack. So basically it locked the IT systems. It locked everything down. It was because it it was taken, how it got in was through a VPN software that was developed by Citrix. So it was like a flaw in a security tool. And that's how they gained access into the IT systems. So what had happened was this patient who was on the way to the hospital had to be rerouted because the Dusseldorf hospital's IT systems were like totally encrypted. And it took an hour for that person to get to where to another hospital and they died on the way there. That's terrible. I have a, yeah. I have a lot of questions. Like, first of all, our ENTs, they can't save you. They have to get you to the hospital. Like that's scary. I mean, I get it. Cause how are you saving someone in a, in a moving vehicle and it's stressful and you don't have enough stuff. So right there though, if I'm the ENT, I'm just so sad. Like well, that's the limit to hard. how long they can keep you alive. And you know, like they're designed yeah. for short trips. I think that's part of the problem is that hour probably worked really against them. Exactly. It's it's they you can only fit so many machines and devices and you know, EMTs are great. They're not potentially like you might need a neurosurgeon is that might be the issue that you're having. You might need like a brain surgery right away. And EMTs can't provide that, especially in a moving ambulance. So it was a really sad situation. The police actually called this a homicide. Like they said, this is a homicide attack. Like this is a homicide. This is not, this is beyond. Yeah. The cyber people killed, killed this person. Exactly. And it it took the hospital two weeks to restore everything. So who knows how much care was not provided to others in need during that time. And they never, they never figured out who it was or, and they never arrested anybody. So I believe it's still an open case. If you're listening right now and you were the cyber hackers, we're, we're coming for you. You should feel really bad and you should just turn yourself in. Don't be a terrible person. Stop cyber killings. That's the message we all need to hear during <laughs> Cyber Awareness Month slash Halloween. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a, that's a crazy story. That gave me chills. That almost like my bread started to get, you know, crusty. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if crusty is the right word. I was looking like it's, you know, it's the, it turned to toast. <laughs> <laughs> it is anything with a hospital freaks me out. It's like the medical records, the amount of people. What do you do? Yeah. Like, that's the scariest thing. Uh, I want to try to top that. Are you ready to get scared by our story? Yeah, I'm really ready. 
Okay. Ours is a bank robbery. Ah! Yeah. So let's, let's just talk about that for a second, though. Like, who robs a bank anymore? When's the last bank robbery, y'all? I don't know. My neighbor did. No, he didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, really? Is, is he still there? Like, how much? Why, do you want to go on a date? <laughs> oh, no. I'm just like, I'm taken. Stop trying to spread on my crap. <laughs> Can't even. I can't even. Those puns are not working. But Kevin, would you ever rob a bank? I mean, I feel like, you know, you, you used to be able to get away with a lot more. Now the problem is banks don't really carry that much cash, right? Like they were big yeah. in the 90s when like you had like Point Break or Heat when like people were carrying like giant things of duffel bags out of cash out. But I think banks realize they shouldn't have that kind of money on hand. And so now you're just like getting whatever you can get from the drawer and and that's not going to be that much. So I feel like, no, not, not worth it. life in prison or 20 years in prison or whatever for 10 grand. I feel like that's not, yeah, worth, it. not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. Well, this one is a little bit different. So this is the Bangladesh central bank robbery. What's different about this one is cyber. This was a cyber case, not just a cyber case. Specifically, it was a spear phishing attack. So if you're listening and you're like, what is a spear phishing attack? It's basically the fundamental practice of sending emails seemingly from a trusted sender in order to get targeted individuals to reveal confidential information. It happens a lot. It's scary. A lot of people get tricked. Don't be one of those people. We're warning you now. Don't get tricked. But just to give you a high-level overview, everyone, about this attack. So the Bangladesh bank robbery, also known as the Bangladesh cyber heist, hence the cyber, was a theft that took place, unfortunately not at Halloween, so it's not really as relevant, but it took place in February of 2016. So this was not as recent as you all were thinking it was going to be, but it's still scary. I'm still scared. So here's what happened. 35 fraudulent wire instructions were sent by hackers via the SWIFT network to illegally transfer close to $1 billion from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York account belonging to Bangladesh Bank, the central bank of Bangladesh. Five of the 35 instructions were issued, which transferred $101 million with 81 million traced to the Philippines and 20 million to Sri Lanka. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York blocked the remaining 30 transfers amounting to 850 million due to suspicion raised by a misspelled um, instructions or something like that that was just spelled wrong. So they were like, let's block this. And so ultimately only only 18 million of the 81 million transferred to the Philippines has been recovered, but all the money transferred to Sri Lanka has since been recovered. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Who did it? So we're going to get into it, but yeah, um, get, get in. yeah. <laughs> Kevin's like, we'll tell you, we'll yeah. tell you. But yeah, that was my first thought too. Who did it? How did they do it? It's crazy. Are, wait, are you scared? Yes. Good. <laughs> So it's actually a really interesting case in my mind. The way they got in was actually pretty easy, I think, for people to get fooled by. So about a year before the hack happened, the hacker sent an email to 36 people that basically was from a guy saying, I want to work at your bank. Here's my resume. And what he sent was a zip file. And in the zip file was a resume, but there was also malicious code in there. And so when they, um, you know, three people actually opened the attachment. And when they did, basically the code started taking screenshots and recording keystrokes and basically just started permeating the network. 
Yeah, um, I gotta pause you right there. Yeah. That is so creative, though, yeah. right? For sure. Gianna, come on. That's dude. Good. My last company that I worked for, Votero, this is what we prevented. Like the commodity malware entering via files. It's like one of the top ways commodity malware enters, puts key loggers, puts whatever, and then oh, starts sniffing around your network. And then eventually there's like it does a command and control out or logs all your data and then boom. Boom. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. sad. For mm-hmm. sure. And that's really what happened here is the bank actually was using really crappy network switches. And so there was no segmentation. So basically the hackers were able to get access to the whole network and they basically found cache credentials and just started trying them all over the place where they actually got access, which was really sort of a key thing was the Swift terminal and the Swift terminal is basically the main system that people use to wire money back and forth. And what's interesting is it's actually kind of a fairly under the radar system And because it goes basically from bank to bank only, they basically were like, no one's ever going to have access to this. So we don't really need to do a lot of like security on it, which is still sort of crazy to me. And so that was part of what happened here. Stupid and a poor mistake. Sorry. Crazy is not even the right word. It's just irresponsible. Yeah. No, it really was. It's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, There's also a couple of human pieces of this that I think are really kind of funny. And so basically what, the way this all happened was the hackers were able to find a cache credential and then they were able to log into the, the Swift terminal. And so where this all kind of played out was they actually did this over a holiday weekend. It wasn't um, Halloween, but it was Eid, which is the Muslim holiday in Bangladesh. And so they basically did this at the end of a day on Thursday when everybody was like getting ready to go home. And, and what's funny is the hackers basically sent the instructions, you know, and they sent, as you said, Laura, 35 instructions. But what's funny is they were actually originally all rejected because they were incorrectly formatted. But the person on the other end basically said, oh, you must not know how to do this. And so they actually responded back this, via the SWIFT network with the instructions on how to format them so that they would then authorize the money. That's really, they- it's really <laughs> nice of them to be like, you know what, while you're hacking, We'd like to help you out here. We want to, you know, take the money, but take it in the proper way. Yeah, exactly right. And so, yeah, they got the instructions. They got, you know, and they basically were able to fix them. And so the hackers basically fixed all the things and then resent the requests. And what's amazing, as you said, Laura, was four of them were approved for $81 million. And then there was a weird sort of gap. The hackers basically thought, you know, they sent it at the end of the day, New York Times, it was 5 p.m. And they assumed basically because of this gap, Everybody had just gone home for the day. And so they logged off and stopped being part of the hack for the day. What's funny is they then hit a snag. One of the the next instructions and the fifth instruction had a misspelling in it. The word foundation was misspelled wrong. And so the person was like, this is a flag. Let me go and see what happened. And so like started talking to their superiors and then basically sent a, like a confirmation request an hour later. And if the hackers had still been online, they actually probably would have gotten the rest of their money which is so crazy to me. How did they spell foundation? They, instead of an O-U, they spelled it with an A. So it was F-A, you know, and N-D basically, you know. And so, yeah, it was just a misspelling. The other thing that was funny is the bank in the, where they actually sent the money to was on Jupiter Street. And a year earlier, there was this Iranian oil magnate who had basically been violating sanctions and his company was Jupiter Seaways. And so the other thing that got flagged was the word Jupiter, and so if they had picked literally any other bank to put this money in, they also probably would have gotten away with it. Wow. Yeah. And so I mean, that's like crazy. Said, yeah. That's so crazy. They basically but it does sound like they kind of still got away with it. I mean, there's well, still, did. where is all the money? So 
it's funny is there's a couple of things that they did wrong that kind of you know brought this all down but the next piece of this that was actually one of my favorite pieces of it the the system actually also not just like takes the money like logs the money it also prints out a record and so they had to like the hackers actually had to disable the printers so that it wouldn't print out the paper like basically it was a court like a hard copy record of the actual transaction and so the next day the well, like an employee came to the bank and was like why isn't the printer working and so started fixing the printer and that's when the printer basically started spitting out all the the you know the records and they were like oh crap now we have a problem look at all these records of these weird transaction requests and all and so it was kind of just one of those things that was crazy the um the, one of the pieces of this that like was really kind of weird was the governor of the bank was like there's no way somebody you know like you know broke into our bank and stole this money let's watch the footage of the swift terminal like of the camera above the swift terminal to find out who did this and so we watched eight hours of cctv footage and no one was at the terminal and that's when he then called and basically was like oh crap we've got a problem and so had they, again had they done this right away boring they gotten, <laughs> exactly i'm sorry but like away. Yeah. Ugh, you were talking. I was just like eight hours of like, <laughs> let's watch the terminal footage. Yeah. Well, again, I think let's all really sit together like for eight hours. Exactly. Let's hold oh, hands while God. we do it. Oh, <laughs> nightmare! Yeah. Yeah. I, bet there, I bet there was some fast forwarding, right? Um, or maybe an assistant involved so. in that one. That sounds yeah. like the least amount of fun for eight hours. <laughs> And then afterwards to be like, oh, yeah. like you just wasted eight hours doing that to realize like that was also pointless and exactly you right. have a real problem. Exactly right. <laughs> um, but to answer your question on how they got away with it, how they got the money out was the problem is it's you know not easy to actually like get the money once you have transferred the money. And so the way they did it was by using the Philippines. One of the industries that's not really well regulated in the Philippines is the casinos. And so they literally like essentially western union the money to the casino and then somebody had to go and withdraw the cash and then like clean the money and all and 81 million dollars is like a billion bills and so like the bank manager of the bank was involved and basically spent like all day loading this money into cars and they took them to the casino and then the funniest thing is because this was in february it was also the lunar new year and so in the philippines it's not totally uncommon obviously well, I mean, but it's like, it's not, a, it's not totally uncommon for like Chinese nationals to basically come and gamble like all weekend of the Lunar New Year. Well, yeah. Weekend. What else are you going to do on the Lunar New Year's? Like that is, duh. Gianna, yeah. do you want to do that this Lunar New Year's with me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a date. <laughs> Sounds great. But the game they were playing to clean the money was Baccarat, which is really funny. Because it's like poker where you don't actually play against the house, you play against the other players. And so as they were basically losing to the other players, those guys were basically cashing out the money and mm -hmm. and all. And they were able to basically clean $22 million. And because it worked so well, they then did this with the other $59 million and they got away with the $81 million. That's for awesome. For not awesome. Just Sorry, not awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, not awesome. For yeah. for everyone that like can't see us, it's also just like hilarious to hear it coming from Kevin dresses Bob Ross. I know. So yeah. and also when you're saying not awesome, Jan, I'm like, well, depends who you ask, because for some of them it's awesome. Yeah, there's um so I happen to know about the poker industry for reasons. And there's a lot of that whole, hey, let's Let's launder money through games. Let's like bring like a group of people to come. Everyone comes differently, but you know, all the money, even if you lose it, of course there's rake to the house, right? They take their percent. It's like de minimis, but all that money gets distributed to your crew, right? 
who's at all at the table. So you still get it. Like just what Bob Ross was saying. Yeah, exactly. Kevin, can you add more happy littles when you tell, when you keep going on the story? Um, I don't have any more happy littles, actually. I only have sort of bad information. Um, I know who actually did it, and I know, unfortunately, who got <gasps> prosecuted. Your friend? Um, your neighbor? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, why'd you say it? Like, you know, like, yeah, well, I, I mean, know. like we were able, like, part my of uncle. <laughs> yeah, um, Kevin's like, and that's why we're not married anymore. No, I don't mean it like <laughs> that. I mean, like, they actually were able to figure out who did it. And so, who did it, Kevin? <laughs> Who did it? Tell us. So it was the Lazarus group. They're the oh, people who yeah. did the Sony hack and they did the WannaCry virus. And the way they found that out was basically in the process, somebody Googled the security key and it's the same security key that they used on the Sony hack. And so... Um, they, they were like, it worked once. I know, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so the answer... It's always the key. Only the bank manager got in trouble. The bank manager actually got prosecuted and unfortunately thrown in jail for... 56 years and was fined 109 million dollars wait the bank yeah, manager yeah so i don't think that's the fair philippines who no. received the money who actually took the money from the bank in the philippines and brought it to the casino is the only person who got arrested okay well well i mean she was definitely involved yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh she was, not, she was, she was like involved though yeah what you're saying, like Kevin. Yeah, at first I was like, why? Like, innocent victim. And then you you did that twist. And yeah, I was exactly. just like, I mean, she mm-hmm. was pretty much involved. Like, there's no, no, no question to get there that she was definitely involved. Here's the thing. After she cleaned the money, why didn't she just leave the Philippines? That's a good question. Like, I, don't know, I don't know that You one. got it. You did all of this. I also, was she good at gambling? Like, did she end up making more money in the end? I don't know if she was one of the people gambling. It doesn't say in the article I read. Well, what was she doing there? It's the Lunar New Year. We know she was gambling. Well, I think Mm -hmm. she gave the money to the other people who were gambling and then basically just kind of waited for her cut, Mm -hmm. I think. Then she should go to jail. If if she's not going to take the risk and gamble like everyone else. Sit down and place it back around. Prison. Yeah. Straight to jail. Yeah, go to jail. Be better at this sport. What's your What's your gambling choice? What What would you choose, Gianna? Me? Oh, I'm terrible. What would you choose? Though you have to. You have to. I choose one of. I'd have to gamble right now. Yeah, right now you would have to do it. I would probably do that wheel that spins. Mm. That one's fun. You have like a. You're not going to win over time, but you have more. You know, is that that roulette? Yeah, roulette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I think I would go with craps. Hi there. My name is Sean Matson, and I head up digital strategy at Checkpoint Software. We use Hushly as our primary demand platform. We use it to remove gates. We use it for our landing pages and we use it for our resource hub. And it has improved our conversion rate by 5x. Kevin, what'd you go with? I'm a blackjack guy. Okay. Gianna Scaras. What else you got? <sighs> I mean, I kind of went really sad, actually. <laughs> I think okay. I got the prompt wrong. Depress so is... us. Okay. So <laughs> instead of being scared, everyone just start your your woo-woo tear crying right now. I have two more stories. I'm going to give us a palate cleanser by going to the second one, which is a little faster and a little just more like pure horror as opposed to sad. So... And it's recent, by the way. It's recent. It's a the reason I, I chose this story for our horror anthology is because it's about LinkedIn, which is the scariest place in the universe. The best place. I the love scariest. LinkedIn. You love I LinkedIn? Love, 
yeah, it's my social media of choice for sure. Me too, well, but it's like horrifying. LinkedIn me. That's why it's so good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so August 2023. And some of you, like Kevin and Laura, you might have been affected by this because I was affected, which makes it extra scary. But nothing bad happened to me personally, but it did happen to like 500 million people. So in August of 2023, it was reported in multiple places, beeping computers one, but also in the Cybersecurity Marketing Society by fellow members who noticed this trend. Yay. Okay, cool. Hands. We're all doing like hand waving stuff. Great. So basically what had happened was that a humongous leak of LinkedIn credentials were being weaponized, operationalized. I don't know. A bad guy's got a t- got hold of these credentials. LinkedIn claims it wasn't directly from them. It was some sort of scraper or some other previous data be- breach. But anyway, ha- a hacking group was using linked- LinkedIn credentials or brute forcing accounts in order to take control of humongous swaths of LinkedIn accounts. So this summer which everyone here lives through. So maybe you noticed too, there was a lot of LinkedIn account takeovers happening. And it's scary because one is on LinkedIn, which is a terrifying place. And two, LinkedIn is a lifeline for a lot of folks who are, especially in this world where there's a lot of rifts and layoffs happening. You can't have your LinkedIn account compromised. You need to have your account in order to get a job, in order to stay connected to your professional network. So I actually got I believe I was part of this and a lot of the members of the society were, and thankfully a lot of us have 2FA on our devices and on our accounts. So wait, wait uh, your LinkedIn was affected by this? Yeah. I got a, I got notified that like someone was trying to change my email and I got oh, 2FA no. notifications and I was like, oh, yeah. time to change the password. I don't know why it's oh. out because I use really strong passwords. So there was a leak somewhere. That would scare me. That would mm-hmm. scare me. Scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So, and what's extra scary about this is that LinkedIn, which has all of the ability to notify people via a nudge, an alert, a notification, ignored it and said, oh, it wasn't us. It wasn't direct from us. So we're going to wow. not do anything. Oh, LinkedIn. Was, Why mm-hmm. would you do LinkedIn. this? LinkedIn supposed to be for lovers. How exactly. For like lovers, for haters, for bandmates. Yeah. It's... Don't run our careers, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn had to have known because one, it started to be on posted on Reddit and Twitter and in Microsoft forums and all of these places. People were posting about it on LinkedIn. People were talking about it and uh, support ticket timelines went through the roof. And also here's this, uh, CyberInt, which is a security company, said that they noticed on Google Trends, the breakout, like the problem was actually tracked on Google Trends because search terms about LinkedIn account hack or recovery of your LinkedIn record increased by 5,000% during this time. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. So that is the horror story. A lot of people had their accounts hijacked. This was a good one. This personally impacts me because I am a big fan of LinkedIn. I find that LinkedIn is... You know, there are people that are like, oh, what's what's your social media? And they're asking me what like my Instagram is. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean LinkedIn? (laughs) That's my social media. And so if if somebody does hack LinkedIn, I I agree. Like that's a, there's your whole, you don't exist. Good luck in your job now. Mm -hmm. 
I don't like that one. That and one they can impersonate scary. you. They can impersonate you to spread more devastation, right? Because it's you. Everyone yeah. thinks it's you, similar to a Facebook account breach. Oh, my mom sent me a video. Oh, my coworker sent me a cool article. Or, hey, well, you should check this out. Or, hey, here's my resume. They, I just updated it. People already know you. And it's yeah. just an easy way to just spread malware, to spread disinformation, to spread whatever they want through a whole network of super interconnected yeah. accounts. All of those people that reach out that are like recruiters on LinkedIn, if you are like somebody who needs a job and they're reaching out, what an easy way you'd be like, oh, it's just this recruiter again. Nope. Well, I also think it's a site where I'd say it's not secure, but it's a site you don't think about as much. And so I feel like those are the sites where people then put a password in and then reuse that password on other random sites. And so if you then like that's your also your banking password, you've now just exposed other sites. And so I feel like it's one of those sites that people don't think about as being secure as much. And so it's way more in in my mind, it opens up an extra level of vulnerability. That's so true because people are like, oh, it doesn't matter, but Hey, like it actually does matter. So for example, my husband's, what the hell was this account? It was like his Netflix account got hacked and we were like, because he used an unsecure password. And so it's like, all right, that's like low, like nothing bad is going to happen except they did change delete all his profiles and add new ones and now there's weird movies we fixed it since then but then there was like weird suggestions yeah so like and then like what kevin said if you if we he had used that elsewhere then then you're just screwed yeah for sure yeah i don't don't like that one it had me really shaking in my loaf All right, everyone, if you're looking to generate quality cybersecurity leads and opportunity pipeline for your sales team, webinars are the channel you need to be leveraging. Lead Gen webinars bring you real live audiences in your target ICP with engagement you can measure, something other channels just can't match. Actual Tech, an official lead generation partner of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, specializes in fully turnkey cybersecurity webinar programs with CPLs far below what you're used to. Everyone, I have spent a lot of money on webinars and lead generation in the past. And I gotta say, I was really impressed with Actual Tech. I saw the results of those webinars that they've been running for cybersecurity audiences, and I was impressed with the lead quality and the lead quantity. So visit actualtechmedia.com backslash CMS or hit today's show notes for more information. I have one more if you want to hear it, but we Please. don't have to. No, we want to hear it. Scare us, scare us, scare us. Okay, so it's going to make be... us cry. Yeah, it's going to be sad. Baby dies. I'm not going to bury the lead. This is like it's just sad. End. End of story. The baby's dead. Well, yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. So basically, it's the baby. Nine months. Oh. That's like a real baby. It's a real baby. Yeah. It's sad. It's okay. a sad one. All right. Tell um, us. And scary, right? Really scary because of the various things, you know, that both from like the attack perspective, but then from a like a comms perspective that occurred. So Spring Home Medical and then my sources, cyberlaw.com something.org, CPO Magazine, Healthcare, IT News. Thank you for setting your sources. We did not believe you. We just thought you were sharing about Dead Baby until you gave the sources. And now we are ready to be scared. Links in the show notes. 
So Spring Hill Medical Center, which is in Alabama, in July 2019, was hit by a ransomware attack, right? And it's very similar to the Dusseldorf attack in that ransomware comes, it encrypts, things aren't working, systems aren't working. And this affected Spring Hill Medical Center for more than three weeks, which is a huge amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about one case of a woman who had labor at that hospital while it was undergoing that ransomware attack. So, and and before I get into the story, like who did this? Why would they do this? It was never publicly disclosed. Like I couldn't find news, but that cyber, cyberlaw.ccdcoe.org um, website does believe that it is it was Ryuk Gang, which is like a Russian-based criminal group that that at that time was targeting hospitals, businesses, and governments. So basically, the ransomware hit, encrypted everything, affected all sorts of systems, and it especially affected how the nurse's station monitors fetal heartbeats. So what had happened was a woman had come to the hospital to give birth and because of the ransomware attack, they could not tell that the baby's heartbeat was too high because the umbilical cord had wrapped around its neck. Um, so yeah. Oh, I'm really sad. Oh, um, this is so sad. Trigger I'm so sorry. Warning. Yeah. So what happened to the baby was that when it was born, it had suffered brain damage because of the umbilical cord wrapping and it died eight months later so it was about nine months old, eight, eight, nine months old when it died. And it was directly because of the brain damage it had suffered. And if they had known that, that the baby was in crisis, they would have done a cesarean section, right? They would have had a different method of deliver, delivery that would not have the baby going through that stress and that danger. So uh, this is the, the worst wall- one of today. This, this is yeah, this is truly story of today horrifying yeah. it gets worse kind of from a comms like a hospital perspective it, yeah. and nobody else How? dies but it makes How you can it you, get worse i'm just telling you guys that you're gonna feel worse okay so oh, no. so anyway so in the doctor okay so you know the wall street journal reports that that the doctor texted with the the nurse manager saying she would have used cesarean if she knew the child's the child was having that issue while it was being born. And so actually the patient is suing and I couldn't find updated information about this case, if it had been successful or was still in the courts or what lawsuits take a, a really long time. Um, the woman actually sued the hospital claiming that because the ransomware attack was happening, that is the direct result of the death of her baby, which is also something I would have done too. I would absolutely sue. So I'm behind I'm behind her on that. I would have sued and I would have started a cyber investigation. I would have had no options but to find them and kill their babies. Yeah. Oh, why? That's very biblical and I'm not doing that. (laughs) I mean, I don't see any other option. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, so, so the, in the huge, and this is where it makes you feel worse. Some of the staff didn't know there was a ransomware attack going on, and nobody told the patient that there was a ransomware attack going on that affected any of the systems for the delivery. So she just went in thinking, I'm going to a hospital and not thinking this is dangerous. Like I should go to a different hospital if I'm able to to deliver my baby. So the doctor said who delivered the baby who's part of the suit, said she was aware of the ransomware attack, but believed that the the patient could safely deliver the baby. 
Yikes. The hospital blames the doctor for not telling the patient that they were ha- that an active ransomware attack was going on. And then other employees said that they were initially in the dark about the ransomware attack. So the only hint, this is quote, the only hint was the notes taped to the computers claiming that EHR records were down until further notice. And only later did they learn it was a ransomware attack. So did they know by the time the baby was being delivered? Yes, because the doctor knew. But what a massive, horrible thing that happened that that also was compounded by a comms issue, by an issue where the people who came to the hospital and some of the employees, even at the beginning, had no idea what was going on. This is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween, everyone. We need to tell some jokes now. What happened to the baby at the hospital? Oh my God, Laura. Okay, a little bit of dark humor. Uh, again, trigger warning. No one here condones death of babies, people, puppies, any animals, in anyone, anything. Don't kill. Prevent losses. It's always horrible if you have suffered a loss due to a cyber attack or in general. Mm-hmm. We're here for you and we understand it's it's not funny. And neither is safety in general. It's important, but it's not funny. Yeah, but it is. But you know what? The way humans deal with dark things is through humor, Laura. Humor. I can't pronounce words. So. No, it's, it's through humor. Was, <laughs> you were doing your German again, I thought. <laughs> so, it, it is true. It's really it's really a sad thing. I, I shouldn't be around anybody during a sad point in their life because they're like, and that's when she fell. And then I'm laughing and they're like, no, she never got up. And I'm like. Oh, but remember that time she was walking? There's a good memory and it it just doesn't go over well. So if you are in need of someone to be there for you during one of those times, reach out to anyone on the show but me. I'm sorry, I'll make it worse unintentionally. But oh my God. (laughs) From one bread to another, let me tell you. From one bread to another? Yeah, to all the other loaves out there, you know? The loaves. I I thought you were going to play a game with us today. Oh, I forgot about the game because we're on like a joint podcast. (laughs) All right. We're going to play a game. And Maria's not here, unfortunately. Otherwise, she would also play the game. And she, oh my gosh, this is the only opportunity for me to win this game this year because Maria's not playing. Me and Maria play against each other. And she's not here. And literally for all of 2023, I have lost. And we record an episode twice a week. So I have lost a lot. A lot lot of, yeah, like 40 a lot of times. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's play the game. Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna play a game or I'm gonna guess what you would be doing if you were not doing what you're doing now. And Kevin, I don't know what the hell you do. So security marketing. Dun, 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 dun. Am I supposed to tell you the answer? Yeah, because no, 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 just tell me what you do now. Oh, so I do I, I'm a director of operations for a software company. No, he paid oh my god. He paints, he paints that brass. Exactly. Okay. Painting. I'm going to cross off your Halloween costume also. So in your queue, I cannot choose operations software company, and I cannot choose painter. And Laura, you are do sales thing? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, yeah let's go with sales. Sale and hosting a podcast. And you're also bread, so I, I'm not going to choose baker. So based off of this episode, I'm going to go with Laura first because it's really easy. I think you'd be a stand-up comedian. Ooh, nice. Ooh, and okay. Kevin, what I know about you, 
because I know that you do operations. You chose Bob Ross as your Halloween costume. And you seem like a very steady individual who doesn't get too rattled and can hold down the ship really well. I think that you would be shit. I always I always do like a long it would be shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. You would be shit. You all heard it. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Kev. She said it. I think you would be shit. I think you would be commanding a naval unit. Oh, nice. Damn, I don't agree with that, Kevin. <laughs> that's, so you're, that's a good that's a good one, but like that's do you want to do that, Kev? That's stressful. I don't know, man. I you know, I never really had the uh desire to start oh, the military. I need to lose this. I I mean I need to win this. Sorry, for it and slip. I need to win this, so I'm gonna I'm, change. I'm Bob Ross. I'm, I feel like I'm a pacifist. I think you'd own a farm. There we go. But like a hobby farm, not like a scary, stressful farm. That's a good one. That's so that's Laura, one. <laughs> did I, who won? Me or Maria? You won. Maria, you lost. <laughs> you lost. I don't know if I'd be a stand-up comedian because as bread, uh, I, I'd be kind of flat, you know? So maybe I'd, no, that joke was flat. <laughs> exactly. That would not matter. <laughs> yes. So what Kevin. would you actually do? What would I actually do? Mm-hmm. Well, I would go on a journey to to find the rest of my of my loaf, so we could all get together and start a new tribal village, LinkedIn Two, thread style. <laughs> I I would actually start um, a cult against gluten free people. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be a really good cult leader. I do. Well, you know the it's like uh, they have that for vegans. They have like the carnivore diet, so you could do like the all bread, all gluten diet. Yeah, just like bread or nothing, the prison diet. You know, <laughs> look how in shape they are when they go to jail. Do you want to be as fit as prisoner number seventy-seven? I mean, eat get your bread, bread like get really your happy. water. Yeah, I mean, it sounds nice. I, I do think I'd be a good cult leader for sure. So maybe like a cult where I do stand-up comedian comedy and like you have to joke your way into the cult that could be pretty good what what do you think you would do I actually think you would be like an underground ringleader of sorts like let's go with the casino thing I think you would have people would come in this is not you Kevin I see you getting excited you're not there you're on your farm but I think Jenna you would be that one where it's like they come underground and it's like the high end gambling and you're like, oh, you want to enter? I'm going to need an extra hundred on that. Thank you. Oh. Your pocket, and you're like, go in. Next. I'd be the bouncer at Molly's game. That's what I'm thinking. Just like Molly. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like you would be Molly. Yeah. No, I no. could see it. I could see it. <laughs> so Lori lost the game. <laughs> Kevin, what? Me or Maria win. <laughs> I think it's got to be you again. Uh, yeah, I think you won. I think you won. <laughs> the odds are, are are definitely leading in Maria's favor. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? What do you think she would be? I don't know. That Molly's game was good. Go with um, country music singer. Oh, oh my god, you guys! Neither of you know shit about me, and it's so that's obvious. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, Kevin, you you would have a store. You would have a unique store where it, everything is customized based on individuals personalities <laughs> is that even a thing so i would own a cry cut and live in a suburban 
area like <laughs> or cricket <laughs> I'll, I'll answer y'all I'll answer you Laura but Kevin like what would you be doing first I feel like I need to close out my part of the game and officially Definitely. declare winning I feel yeah. like I would love to like run a sports team like be like the general manager of a That's, football team that would okay. be you Kevin that would be a good one that's so yeah, close to running a good. Navy, though. Because right. you have, like... I don't like, know. I don't All know. right, I'll give you that. All right, like, Kevin Kevin will give it to you. I just... I can't see Kevin on a ship. I just can't see him on a ship. Like, he's in uh, my fantasy football league, and he's crushing me right now, so I'm pretty bitter about it. So <laughs> I could see the sports. But Kevin on a ship, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I see it. Well, okay, Calvary, then. <laughs> okay, okay. I could see that. Horses? That's that. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? <laughs> yeah, you go straight, and then when you you come back, you go to your you farm. Gotta wear the wig. You gotta wear the wig. Yes, and then you go to the. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, see I like it. that. Yeah. Do if I see. Yeah, you definitely win, Maria. You lost. You're not even <laughs> here, and which is upsetting because you lost for sure. It's sad because Maria would have worn a costume. Oh, oh I, love it. I would. What would I be doing? That I didn't answer your question. Well, I would be eating a lot of iceberg lettuce, which is not a job, so that doesn't count. Um, so you'd be a rabbit? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'd be a rabbit. That's it. <laughs> if I could choose. When I get older, I want to have as much iceberg lettuce as I want. <laughs> you, you do that. Uh, okay. <laughs> when I can afford it. <laughs> Welcome to the prison di- diet again. <laughs> Oh my god, how do you guys do how do you guys do this every week? Oh man, I don't know. There's a lot of behind the scenes editing of (laughs) of of random uh you know tangents. I feel like at this point we should thank you all for listening. That's right. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who can see that I look great in bread, I really appreciate it. And if you hate my bread outfit, then you know what? Go loaf yourself. But for everyone else out there, Kevin's painting a picture to thank you. Gianna is working on what she's going to do to thank you as well as she custom makes her Halloween costume. Somewhere in the background, she's, she's dancing. She's saying, yay, in sign language, which is awesome. So thank you all for listening, watching, and just being a part of this spooky, weird, chaotic episode. Happy Halloween. Get out there. Trick or treat. And don't get murdered. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to our very special Halloween spooky episode. We hope you have a wonderful Halloween if you celebrate. And as always, do you want to be on the show? Do you have ideas or feedback? Send a note to podcast at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Send us a review. Give us a five stars on whatever platform you listen to. And of course, see you in Austin in December at Cyber Marketing Con.